0: Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, Beast Slayers. Welcome to another episode of the Migraine Miracle Moment. So today's episode is all about busting some common myths about the ketogenic diet. But before I get to that, just a little bit of housekeeping. At the time of this recording, we are still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. So first off, I hope this finds you safe and well. As I mentioned on the last podcast, one silver lining that has emerged from this is that it has allowed me to connect with more of you. Um, I've been able to expand my teleneurology or online practice which first of all means that if you are in the state of Georgia I can see you as a teleneurology patient and if you aren't a Georgia resident uh, I also have more availability now for the one-on-one migraine coaching calls and as I said this was something that was made possible by the recent events and I've really enjoyed being able to connect with more of you and help you take your bee-slaying skills to the next level and if you are interested in working together, head over to com and you can click on the work with Dr. T uh, option on the top menu. I know that another silver lining that has emerged for some of my fellow migraineurs is that the extra downtime and the related increase, perhaps, in the flexibility of your schedule has made it a better time to work on s- establishing some new. Be slaying habits. That includes one of the biggest and most challenging of all, which is breaking rebound, and we are in fact in the midst of a breaking rebound challenge with our Migrant Neverland members now. Uh, for many people, this is probably one of the best times to tackle rebound, simply because some of our regular responsibilities have uh, gone away for at least the moment. I am an optimist by nature and I always try to look for the opportunity in any challenge. And I think in this moment we're all looking for ways that we can take something positive out of this uh, unprecedented experience. And so hopefully for many of you that can mean it gives you a chance to make some really significant progress on the path to migraine freedom. Okay, so now on to today's episode. So, as some of you know, uh, I recently published a book earlier this year called Keto for Migraine that is naturally about how to use a ketogenic diet as a weapon against migraines. And the topic of today's episode is related to the ketogenic diet. It is titled, 40 Keto Myths Debunked by Clinical Trials. And I have to confess, I stole the title. The, uh, the inspiration for this uh, was an article that was written uh, by James McCarter, who was, the, who was the former head of research for Verta Health. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about Verta Health and that particular article in a minute, but um, any practitioner who has been working with a ketogenic diet for any length of time understands uh, how many myths and misconceptions are out there in the world about keto and how those things can potentially undermine uh, the success of the people that we're working with, and we don't want that to happen. And fortunately, now that it's become increasingly popular, we have a lot that we can refute those myths with, and hopefully they will ultimately die a rapid death. So if you have been interested in the ketogenic diet or have done it for any length of time, you've almost certainly encountered some of these myths, uh, some of them may have been sent to you by uh, concerned friends and families who came across an article uh, warning about some danger about keto. But the great thing is, as I mentioned earlier, um, the uh, we now are accumulating more and more data which gets to this article um, that, I, that was the inspiration for this episode. We are accumulating more and more data that can uh, solidly refute uh, the mythology that has been spreading. Some of this I covered in the keto for migraine book, um, because you know, in my own personal experience, uh, myself and with patients, uh, many of those, uh, many of this, these myths uh, can be refuted. But the nice thing is we now have large data sets um, that also uh, refute them. So that's what we'll be going over today. So the first question you might have is why do we have these myths to begin with, um, and they seem to be particularly prevalent when it comes to ke- uh, the ketogenic diet and nutritional ketosis, and you know, one reason for sure is because of all those years in which fat was vilified as a dietary evil. And in fact, that was the main reason why, despite the fact that we knew that ketogenic diet was an effective therapeutic tool, especially for neuro- neurological conditions like epilepsy, that was why it was largely abandoned and not, e- not used and not really researched for so long because of our misplaced fears of fat. And so there are still lingering mythologies about uh, the, uh, the impact of fat in the diet, the impact of uh, a ketogenic diet, On blood cholesterol and so forth so I'll be addressing that in this episode as well some of the other myths and misconceptions out there simply come from just a lack of familiarity with the ketogenic diet so a lack of understanding about what it is and what it isn't some of that has improved uh, with just popularity and exposure I've mentioned before that even up until a few years ago if you mentioned uh, ketosis to a healthcare provider, they would have likely thought you were talking about ketoacidosis, which is a different condition that affects diabetics and is uh, can be a potentially dangerous one. And so they would have been alarmed at anybody trying to uh, purposefully put themselves into ketosis. And again, just a m- misconception based on uh, lack of familiarity. And fortunately, that uh, has largely gone away. I think there are very there are much fewer people who would make that mistake today than would have maybe even two or three years ago before uh, keto keto hit escape velocity. Um, but we have seen kind of a new set of myths and misconceptions that weren't around before that has actually uh, that have have emerged in response to the popularity of the ketogenic diet. Um, one factor being the internet and there are so many different ways myths are created and spread on the internet Um, some of these may reflect deliberate attempts to undermine the ketogenic diet and to keep people from using it Um, there are unfortunately uh, some powerful voices and well-funded voices uh, who would rather the ketogenic diet not exist and rather it not be successful And there is certainly evidence that there are efforts uh, in those who have a vested interest in keto not being successful to try to undermine its success. But it seems like every few months, one of these new myths will pop up and somebody else will ask a question in our Facebook group and maybe someone else will as well on the same topic and it's just it's baffling where these things come from um, and you know maybe Russia's behind some of them I don't know but but it's uh, it really is a peculiar uh, phenomenon and it matters because we don't people want people uh, scared off unnecessarily uh, from something that could potentially be life-altering as so many of you uh, know that it can be. Um, so, like I said before, the good news is keto is being used on a large scale, including by an organization in, based in the United States known as Verta Health. So, Verta is a company that is providing um, virtual di- uh, care to people with diabetes and specifically with helping to implement a ketogenic diet. And um, they've been doing this for at least two uh, two to three years now and have generated incredible results in their patients, So where they've been able to essentially reverse the disease so that people no longer need uh, medications and can manage it just fine with a ketogenic diet and maintain normal blood glucose uh, levels, which is extraordinary. Uh, Getting results there that we just don't see with pharmaceuticals, which of course, the same could be said for an ancestral diet uh, for migraines, uh, as well as an ancestral diet with ketogenic range carbohydrate restriction, um, as discussed in the book, for migraines. So yeah, if you have uh, any friends or family who are, who are diabetic, that's a great place to refer them to. It's a V-I-R-T-A. So they are also collecting lots of data and publishing uh, research uh, on their results. And it is that uh, a large set of data that is now allowing us to firmly refute uh, many of the myths and misconceptions that have spread. So in this episode, I'll be covering kind of the top 12 myths about the ketogenic diet uh, that have been refuted by the uh, data. So the first one, which is one that's brought up oftentimes in migraine communities, is that keto, that keto will cause hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. So I've covered this topic twice in prior episodes this topic of hypoglycemia and its relationship to migraine and all of the mythology that surrounds that so uh, it is one of those enduring myths about migraines that low blood sugar causes migraines and that if you don't eat eat carbohydrates regularly will cause migraines, so a terribly harmful idea that has been responsible for countless migraines, but it also leads people to worry about a low-carbohydrate diet causing hypoglycemia and then causing migraines. Well, we can say that uh, a ketogenic diet does not cause uh, hypoglycemia. People think that this will happen because if you don't eat sugar if we think that we're going to have low blood sugar. But the reason this doesn't cause hypoglycemia is because the body has stores of sugar that it can tap into, and it can also synthesize sugar in a process known as gluconeogenesis. So in all of the patients across the nation who have been in the uh, VirtaHealth Health dataset, there have been no instances of symptomatic hypoglycemia while patients were in ketosis. Myth number two is that keto will deprive the brain of glucose, so this is related to the first one. And ironically, this one often comes from those with a scientific background who may remember that the brain can't burn fats or fatty acids and so are dependent on glucose for energy. However. Uh, number one, uh, if they forget about the fact that we, can, we have our own stores of glucose and we also can uh, ma- manufacture it for gluconeogenesis, as well as the super important fact that the reason uh, nutritional ketosis is so beneficial is that the brain can burn it for energy as well. So in, in, when uh, glucose supplies are insufficient, ketosis is an alternative and by all indications a better alternative in many ways. So we know that ketones seem to be protective against migraines and seizures, and there continues to emerge more evidence that they are protective against neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. It was also reported that the patient's uh, daily ratings of mood and energy improved, and uh, patients reported reduced symptoms of depression while in ketosis, which also fits with other anecdotal observations. So brains just seem to be happier on ketones in multiple ways. Um, the next myth, myth number three is that, uh, keto will cause diabetic ketoacidosis. So I mentioned this one earlier. This was a, a big myth initially when keto was kind of just getting its footing and it's dying away more and more as people understand that it is not the same thing as ketoacidosis. And even in this, uh, population of diabetics, there was not a single event of diabetic ketoacidosis uh, in the diabetic patients in ketosis, nor any evidence of metabolic acidosis at all. So that's another one that can be put to rest entirely. So again, many patients were cautioned by People with some health background or nutrition background uh, in, in, in the initial uh, days of, of the keto fad many people were discouraged from keto because of this concern that it would cause ketoacidosis and um, again that the data puts that one to rest as well uh, the next myth number four is that uh, keto is unsustainable so I think to some perhaps you know if you're going from a high-carb standard Western diet heavy and processed foods uh, that it might seem like a big alteration and maybe something that's unsustainable. But in the Virta Health uh, data set, 74% of patients completed two years of the clinical trial with extensive tracking uh, of their uh, ketone levels, and most of those a- asked if they could extend their participation out to five years. So not only were they able to do it, but they wanted to keep doing it. And of course, you know many migraineurs who've done this know this well, I often, this question is, can I just stay in this indefinitely, or how long can I stay in keto? People are not looking to go back saying, oh, this is too hard, when, when can I stop? The more common question is, how long can this keep going? So yes, it requires changing some habits, which is always hard, but once those new habits are established and people start feeling better, that's really what helps sustain it. Uh, the next myth is a big one, which is that uh, keto will worsen the blood lipid profile, or blood cholesterol. Now, I've talked about this at length in prior podcasts about the impact of carbohydrate reduction and higher uh, fat on uh, blood cholesterol, on blood lipids, uh, but the take-home message uh, with particularly um, a ketogenic diet is that we see favorable shifts in all of the markers, all of the blood lipid markers. So uh, from this particular study in to Health, patients showed improvement triglycerides and HDL cholesterol, which we always see. Uh, Also, it says, while calculated LDL cholesterol rose, there was no change in the mean number of LDL particles as measured by both NMR lipoprofile and apolipoprotein B. There was a favorable shift of LDL subtype from small, dense LDL to large, buoyant LDL. So again, The oversimplified version of blood lipids uh, that has been given to people over the past couple of decades is a big part of the problem in why people find it hard to interpret uh, uh, these tests and why they're so often misinterpreted. So just to review what was said there, so what's consistently seen after someone uh, adopts a ketogenic diet is improvement in triglycerides and HDL cholesterol. So triglycerides go down. HDL cholesterol goes up. Both of those are so associated with significant reductions in cardiovascular risk. And then the last one is LDL cholesterol, which has been labeled the bad cholesterol. Uh, but the thing that we've learned in, in the past decade or so is that what really matters is the type of LDL we're talking about. And what we really don't want to have are lots of small, dense particles floating around. Uh, We'd rather have uh, large, buoyant LDL, and that's exactly what we see. So we see a favorable shift in the pattern of LDL particles as well. So again, the changes in triglycerides, HDL, and LDL, all are things that are associated with lower cardiovascular risk, and again, that's in response to eating a high-fat diet. Myth number six is related to the fifth one, which is that keto will impair heart function and cause vascular damage. Again, this one was false, so there were a few different things that were tracked in in this population. One was the 10-year cardiovascular risk score, which is really just a measure of your risk of a cardiovascular event in the next 10 years. That score improved 12% on average. Uh, there was no change in the amount of um, hardening of the arteries in the carotid artery, and significant improvements were observed in 22 out of 26 cardiovascular risk factors in the intervention group, meaning the group getting the ketogenic diet, versus zero of 26 improvements in the, uh, in the group getting usual care, which is uh, pharmaceuticals and in fact there are investigations now underway um, looking at using ketosis to improve congestive heart failure so again not only not damaging to the heart and to the arteries but uh, all signs indicating that uh, it is helpful myth number seven which i have seen before but always been puzzled by was is that keto- ketosis will cause inflammation I'm puzzled because clinically, uh, we always see signs that inflammation is improving. So, skin tends to clear up, um, autoimmune conditions tend to lessen, um, joint pains diminish. Again, I've seen this personally and professionally, al- along with uh, blood markers of inflammation going down. And indeed, that's what was seen in the in the VERTA population. Show um, the there was a 35 percent reduction in high sensitivity C-reactive protein, which is uh, considered to be sort of the the gold standard for measuring systemic inflammation, um, and a a 7% uh, reduction in white blood cell count at two years. And then they also noted that patients reported improvement in joint function with less pain. And again, uh, that's something that many of us who work with people uh, implementing a ketogenic diet also see them reporting. Uh, The next myth, which is a pretty common one too, I think we're up to number eight, uh, is that keto will cause hypothyroidism. So this has been another theoretical concern that has been heavily uh, promoted. So there's there's been a lot uh, written about ketosis causing drops in thyroid levels. And again, we now have a large data set that can refute that. So in the Virta population, the mean thyroid hormone was unchanged. And furthermore, thyroid-stimulating hormone actually showed a decrease uh, rather than an increase. Though, So the thyroid-stimulating hormone will increase if uh, thyroid hormone levels go down. That's how the feedback loop works. And so they actually saw uh, that value go down, uh, which is the opposite of what you'd expect if, if keto was causing hypothyroidism or low thyroid. Um, there were also no new cases of symptomatic hypothyroidism in their population. And so in the article, he states that there is no evidence that the thyroid requires dietary carbohydrates. Myth number nine is that keto will harm the liver and increase liver fat. Kind of a surprising myth when we consider that uh, diets high in refined carbohydrates have the strongest link to fatty liver disease and indeed in the patient population, liver function was, quote, greatly improved, um, An examination of liver markers at one year showed a sharp reduction in both non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, that's what I was referring to, which has been associated with high-carbohydrate diets, uh, as particularly those high in fructose, as well as a reduction in the liver fat score and liver fibrosis score. So no sign that uh, keto worsened uh, fatty liver, and in fact, just the opposite. The next myth, number 10, is that keto will harm the kidneys. Again, another idea that will not die is this idea that protein damages the kidneys. And this one seems to be related. And the protein one has caused real problems because I commonly see people, especially as they get older, reducing their protein intake, eating insufficient amounts, uh, setting themselves up for sarcopenia uh, and high risk for bone fractures. And again, this arising out of a concern about eating too much protein. And once again, in this population, they found that not only did the kidneys not get worse, they actually showed improvements in their function in in what is known as the glomerular filtration rate, which is our primary marker for kidney function. So there were no cases of worsening kidney function and overall improvements. Myth number 11 is that keto will cause muscle loss. So we know that keto causes weight loss, and I think some people have made a claim that, oh, that's not fat you're losing, you're losing muscle. And again, uh, that's refuted by the data. So the average weight loss of people who are participating in these trials At two years, it was about 10%, which uh, comes out to around 25 pounds. And DEXA scan analyses, which can assess for the amount of body fat and lean tissue, uh, demonstrated that most of the weight loss was due to the loss of body fat, including abdominal fat content, which, uh, as we know, is kind of the worst fat. It's associated with the the highest risk of um, disease. And the final of the 12 main myths is that keto will cause loss of bone mineral density. And again, this one was shown to be false. So DEXA scans, which also can show bone mineralization, show no change in spine bone mineral density at both the 1 and 2 year marks. So 12 myths that have been floating around for various lengths of time that those of us working with people doing keto could demonstrate for ourselves were untrue, but still persisted. And so it's nice to have this large set of population data that can definitively uh, disprove them once and for all. Uh, Not that they'll die out anytime soon, but at least you will be the wiser. So the article I said was actually 40 myths. So there was an an initial one published last year that that was the 12 myths and then a bunch more were added. I'll cover a few others of those just in case they're ones that you have heard of before. So again, some of the highlights. One was that keto will cause the keto flu. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with that term. Uh, It's kind of uh, the term that describes flu-like symptoms that people can experience during the transition to keto. However, because we have so much experience now with people going through ketosis, we've learned how to uh, not just not only manage that, those keto flu symptoms, but pretty much prevent them altogether, which is what they report in their studies and certainly what we have found as well. That uh, I mean, when Initially, when I was working with people doing keto, uh, the keto flu symptoms were, were more of an issue, and now that we've learned uh, what to do about them to prevent them in the first place, this, they've largely become a non-issue. I personally experienced them myself years ago when I first went into keto, um, but again, like I said, I go in and out all the time now and um, don't experience it at all. And again, how to prevent and, and manage that is covered uh, in the book as well. And another myth which has come up about in our community is that uh, keto will cause gallstones or that people without a gallbladder can't uh, eat a ketogenic diet. And I know there are still doctors out there who are advising this. Um, So the gallbladder is actually stimulated by fat and so gallstones form. So when you are not stimulating the gallbladder uh, meaning eating either a low-calorie or low-fat diet uh, that is the condition that sets people up for gallstones. So again in the study population uh, no issues with gallstones and they report many people without gallbladders doing quite well. Another myth they report busting is that keto disrupts the microbiome. So one concern people have had is that if you consume less fiber in the diet, you might uh, lose some of your beneficial uh, gut bacteria who feed on that fiber. And while it is true that, there, that that any dietary change is going to alter the microbiome or sort of the entire ecosystem of, uh, of bacteria and microorganisms in the gut, there is no evidence that the alteration produced by a ketogenic diet is inferior to the uh, microbiome that existed prior to that. And another related myth uh, is that the ketogenic diet is deficient in fiber. So uh, here a little bit of nuance helps. So there are two kinds of fiber, insoluble fiber and soluble fiber. So insoluble fiber is is fiber that we can't digest at all and that is in fact the fiber that has been recommended by cereal manufacturers and so forth over the years with very scant scientific support but the other kind of uh, fiber is soluble fiber which uh, you can find in abundance in uh, non-starchy plant matter which you can eat quite a bit of uh, on a ketogenic diet, and this is what provides food for some of the uh, microorganisms in the gut, uh, particularly the ones that we would like to keep around that that we consider good gut bugs. So again, no reason that you can't get plenty of fiber on a ketogenic diet. And then the last myth, which is kind of hysterical, is that keto will cause a condition known as keto crotch. And I'm closing with this one because it is both funny And illustrative of the world we live in. So I mentioned earlier that there are some powerful uh, and well-funded voices who would rather the ketogenic diet not exist. And it turns out that the term keto crotch was invented by a PR firm. So there are actually PR firms out there who've been hired to spread fake news about keto. And one of (laughs) of those fake uh, news items was this idea that uh, keto can cause keto crotch. And I'm sure that is not the only myth out there that uh, was generated by one of these firms or somebody that was uh, hired to uh, spread misinformation about the ketogenic diet. So who might be hiring these people to spread misinformation about the ketogenic diet? Um, I will leave that uh, for you to decide. Um, it may be the same ones who attack my book on Amazon, but I expect this sort of thing to continue for quite some time. Again, health and healthcare is a big business, and becoming empowered to think for yourself and to recognize good sources of information that can help you separate fact from fiction is more important than ever. So hopefully you found this episode helpful and hopefully it's given some of you some peace of mind about any concerns you may have had and maybe provide you some uh, ammunition in the face of uh, other people who might uh, direct their concerns your way. So the uh, transcript of this episode will be available on the uh, page on the website MyMigreeMiracle.com and in the show notes for this episode. And I'll also post a link to the original article from Verta Health uh, on the 40 myths of the ketogenic diet uh, debunked by clinical trials. Um, and again, if you have anybody in your family with diabetes and you are friends or whatever and you want to uh, turn them on to the ketogenic diet, uh, give them a referral to Virta. They're doing uh, great work and getting excellent results. And again, if you are ready to see what this keto thing is all about yourself, Uh, the book keto for migraine is available both in kindle and paperback and the audiobook version should be available soon again you'll find a link to that in the show notes as well or you can just go to amazon and search uh, keto for migraine all right thanks so much for listening now it's time to go out and slay the beast